What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm here to guide and help you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music, intros, music outros, especially distribute your podcast to streaming platforms, uploading episodes with limited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get paid some money in your pocket from sponsorships. Excellent. These are the keys you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show, Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast, the unfiltered comedy entertainment show about the stories mixed with entertainment news, music, real life segments, and much more. Now. Where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word, off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast. Alongside with my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, and my primary handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, the streaming platforms goes like this We are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or you can check out anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Yes, yes. Good evening and happy first week of summer to everyone in Canada, USA, worldwide. Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the Foss Boss of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator, YouTuber, host with the most, the unstoppable independent podcaster, and of course, host with the most, and rookie podcaster, Queens, New York. And you're rocking with the 157th episode of Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast. That's right. Episode one to the five to the seven. Welcome, everyone. New viewers, new listeners that's that's watching right now. Um, if you're new to the channel and you miss any previous episodes whatsoever, don't worry. I got your back. All you need to do is go, go ahead and grab that subscribe button on the YouTube channel, G Money Stacks 555, where you can see all the um episodes that's already been uploaded to the YouTube channel page. Make sure you leave a like and a comment, and of course, tap that noni noni bell so you can be reminded when the show goes on the air via live stream, including what time it's going to come on, and of course, um, share the episodes, download the episodes, and I will actually, you know, talk about where you can listen to the episodes on all your streaming platforms at the end of the show. So. Um, <clears throat> without further ado, let's get into a little thing that I like to call mental check-in. Here we go. All right. As far as how I'm doing mentally, physically, and spiritually, um, mentally, um, I've been a little off lately because of the, um, the 11 years that I lost my dad, as I explained in um, my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast, um, 11 years ago, I lost my dad and stuff. Um, I've been doing a lot of reflecting, and that's why I had to actually postpone some shows um, because I needed time to actually reflect to see. Because in my mind, I had a little bit of a doubt whether I am enough or not. As far as like whether whether um I'm doing enough to, you know, please my dad, especially with me having a job and me having a independent career that makes me happy, which is podcasting. You know what I'm saying? And I did talk to my sister about this too, man. And I'm pretty sure um she actually told me that um I'm pretty sure that. My dad and my first older sister, who is not not there anymore, um, they're probably looking down on me and basically basically would say that I'm proud of you for doing something that you are willing to commit to, which is what I'm doing right now. Look, as far as like you know, fancy ads and whatnot. Look, I'm not really sure what type of ads i want to have for this podcast right here because of the fact that i don't want to just take any ad if you don't if they don't understand the people don't understand my vision my ideas and of course and of course the topics that i talk about 
on a weekly basis. So I don't want to just take a random, a random advertisement and they're not understanding my ideas and my points of views and stuff. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and yeah, so that's just, that's just what went down mentally for me. Um, physically and spiritually, um, physically, um, you know, I'm trying my best not to, um, not to injure myself as far as like, you know, the rotator cuff and the ACLs and all the other stuff as far as anything. So I'm fine right now, actually. And spiritually, I am doing all right. So for the most part, yes, I am. And I'm actually proud that I made it to episode 157, which is which is very, very, very crazy to me because number one, I never thought that I was gonna be able to make it. I never thought I was gonna be able to make it until I actually, you know, actually pushed the envelope by doing recordings three days a week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I but I'm here. I'm here for you guys and for the folks that's listening and and watching on the Instagram live feed and stuff like that. So that's basically what I had to say on there, though. So there you go, right there. Um. Okay, now that I got that out the way, um, we're gonna be doing a little thing that I like to call, um, the New York Mass Transit Files right here. And our first story in transit news has to do with, um, you know, Governor Kathy Hochul. So let's cue the sound effects for this here. So here we go. All right. Um, all right. Here we go. All right. So here we go. Kathy Hogu, governor of New York. Okay. So I've been saving this story, so I'm just going to get into it. So Governor Kathy Hochul was unsure whether she wants to lift the state's mass mandate in public transportation and inside trans- transit stations Thursday, despite declining um, COVID-19 infection and hospitalizations um, rates in recent weeks. And quote, we're heading to a place where we should be able to have those conversations soon. But I also want people to feel safe and secure safety wise but also health-wise. Hochul told reporters at a press conference at Monaghan Train Hall on June 9th. So we're going to have the conversation soon about that. The governor's administration has discussed dropping the requirement for face coverings, which are no longer mandatory on a national level or in most other public settings in the five boroughs but held off when cases rose again this spring. We saw a trend of right when you think you are about to talk about lifting requirements. We had a spike about a month ago, a month and a half ago, she said. We talk about this often. We'll be coming to a point where it'll not be necessary. Um, Recent daily infection rates peaked on May 18th at 4,000, 385 average across a week and have since declined to 3,449 as of Monday. But the Big Apple remains in a level of high alert, according to health 
City Health data. This doesn't sound good. Um, yeah, that shit don't sound good though, man. But anyway, let's do this. Yeah, um, Mayor Adams lifted the masking requirement in other public settings like restaurants and schools and has um resisted reinstating the measures and amid higher transmission. The health department instead only recommends uh, wearing masks at all indoor settings. Here we go. Yeah. Um, his zoner on Thursday also announced the end of mass mandates for the youngest kids in child care age two to four taking effect on Monday. Mass transit remains one of the few places where New Yorkers still have to don the face covering. A national mass mandate for transit and air travel was struck down by a federal judge in Florida in April, but Hoku has kept it in place for the, the Empire State, including at New York facilities managed by the Bi-State Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, such as the city's two airports. City commuters have started to flout the rules more often on subways and buses since the beginning of the year. On the subway, almost a quarter, 23% of riders wore no, no mask at all, and another 13% wore them incorrectly in the first two weeks of April, according to the latest data available from the MTA. A bus riders did slightly better with only 16% not wearing a mask and another 17 wearing one incorrectly. Yeah, those rates are down from 99% um, wearing masks on buses and 90, 98% on subways one year earlier. Weekly ridership on the subways has remained at just below 60% of pre-slandemic numbers and at around 65% on buses, according to MTA. Yeah. All right, so another transit news what we got to talk about here is um is of course obviously it has to do with three subway train lines. Um okay, so okay. Um all right, so so according to AM New York, um, this is what's going on here. So here it is. So that station is not currently scheduled um, to receive an escalator or elevator, but elevators are, um, let me see, are on the way for the nearby Avenue I station as part of our historic 2020 to 2024 capital program which includes an unprecedented unprecedented 5.2 billion dollar investment in accessibility 
Oops, wrong one. Sorry about that. Um, the current goal is to make sure that the riders are never more than two stations away from a station with an elevator. Our 117-year-old subway system was designed many decades before the Americans with Disabilities Act. So there's a lot catch there's a lot catching up to do, and we're working hard to get it done. The MTA has installed elevators and other ADA upgrades at 14 stations since the start of the slamdemic and awarded contracts for another 16 projects in 2021 alone. Uh, we look forward to building on this momentum in the, in the future capital programs and appreciate your support for making the 18th Avenue McDonald Avenue station accessible. Um, of course, uh, um, this was by um, Cumuel Arroyo, MCA Chief Accessibility Officer. And um, and someone stated, I travel to and from work Monday through Friday. I board the end the end train at Kings Highway and exit at 34th Street, Herald Square. My question, why are there Brooklyn-bound R and W trains every four minutes and N trains and trains every 18 minutes on on my return trip? The N train is packed and the R and W trains are practic practically empty. Please explain this to me, um, James. <laughs> um, to give you an idea of the schedule, Brooklyn Brown N and R trains are scheduled to operate an average of every six minutes at the 34th Street Herald Square station during the afternoon rush. W trains are scheduled a little less frequently than that at roughly every eight and a half minutes so r and w trains combined are meant to be pulling in every um three and a half to four minutes while we try to run an on-time railroad delays do happen some do sometimes happen as for how heavily loaded loaded the trains are we schedule rush hour service based on how many people are riding at the most crowded point along a line the end line which takes a faster route to brooklyn via the manhattan bridge than the r picks up most of its brooklyn bound riders during the afternoon rush hour in midtown and is generally most crowded leaving canal street the r the r line however takes a, a little takes long a longer route via um Whitehall Street and picks up most of its Brooklyn-bound riders in Lower Manhattan and downtown Brooklyn. It is generally most crowded by, no, excuse me, crowded at J Street Metro Tech. As a result, the R is less crowded than the N at 34th Street, Harold Square, since it's still on its way to pick up most of the, most of its riders. As for the W, it doesn't go to Brooklyn, so it stands to reason that downtown W trains would be less crowded at 34th Street than um, Brooklyn-bound N trains. So there you go right there. Um, Okay, so let me just read what's going on with 
these comments right here that I'm seeing. So this person says, clearly Allison doesn't know her train lines as well as she thinks. The W train magically appears in Brooklyn some weekday mornings. I've taken it from 18th Avenue many times. Another individual says, former conductor here, how would she know about train lines when the, those W train from Brooklyn? Um, these train trips are that start and end at the yard in Coney Island, so it's not magical, are not shown on the map, nor do any signs in the system state such. I'll be, I'll be you most don't know about scheduled end trains going up and down 2nd Avenue. Rail fans are one thing. Regular commuters on these lines might, but the average um, New Yorker won't. And another person says, I'd like to know why the MTA refuses to provide shuttle buses between Church Avenue and Stillwell Avenue during the COVID line signal modernization project. All right, so here we all right, so that's gonna do it for um transit news. Um we're gonna go to another story. Hang on a second. We're gonna go to um hold on a minute. Okay. All right, so we're gonna go to a little thing that I like to call chatting all the jazz right here. So here we go. All right. Um, all right. We're going to go to Pete Rock, man. <laughs> He's putting drill music on blast. So, <laughs> and I don't blame his ass for that shit, too, man. <laughs> um, so listen to this, man. Pete Rock blasted drill rap in a, in a now deleted social media post after calling Drew Rap doo-doo and disrupt the soul, Pete Rock removed, removed his thoughts on the subgenre. Pete Rock shared a video of New York City Mayor Eric Adams who has spoken against Drew Rap and connected it with the uptuck, no, the uptick of violent crime in the city. Seemingly in agreement with Adams, Rock blasted off on the subject. And he says, in, he said in quote, Good morning, drill rap. That's trash hop, not hip hop. I've been told y'all about this kind of shit. I don't care. Call me what you want, but that kind of hip hop is doo doo and it disrupts the soul. I told y'all that already, man. <laughs> um, laugh out loud, shaking my head. Nobody speaks up on this trash. Laugh out loud, drill rap. Not even for the birds or the streets. It's the result of greed people with no talent and the destruction of the culture y'all never see the play when it's happening and everyone complains but does not speak up and say a word now this this is how this how we we going out it's on social media but who is really promoting this talk about that all right um let me see hmm. Let me see about this, man. Hold on. Yeah, I have to say, yeah, Pete Rock is right, man. <laughs> I have to say he's right, though, man. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I actually did an episode with um 
Broken Traditions on episode 125. And how we didn't really agree that we, well, we didn't really, we agreed that we didn't like drill, drill music at all, man. We didn't like it at all. It's like, listen, man, like, seriously, like, you, you, like, for me, for me, if I listen to, if I'm listening to, hold on a second, let me just put myself on the screen here. All right, so for me, for me, since I look, since I, I listen to, um, hip hop music and stuff, you know, I'm not really a drill music person per se, because for me, for me, it's like, like, what the hell, man? Okay, so I get that it came from Chicago and it spread to the UK, and then now all of a sudden it's in it's in New York and other places. But but to to be to be honest, to be honest with you folks, I don't like drill music. Drill music is like so fucking it's so fucking ass to me man it's so fucking ass to me man it's not something i would put it's not really something i'll put on my music playlist though man to be honest with you man so i'll have to i'll have to actually um listen man <laughs> i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm gonna have you um listen to how i feel about this with a sound effect so just give me a sec man <laughs> Let's see. All right. All right, let's go to the toilet. Let's go to the toilet, man. All right, now that I got that out the way, let's go to Jack Harlow. <laughs> to do it man i just had to do it man so so just stay with me folks you know what i'm saying just stay with me just stay with me here um so jack hollow released his sophomore album come home the kids miss you earlier in may um but it's a a viral clip from a recent interview that has stolen the headlines Last week, the Louisville, Kentucky rapper caught flack for being blissfully unaware that Brandy and Ray J are siblings during an appearance on Hot 87. Okay, my question is like this, man: How the hell you do not? How the hell you didn't know that Brandy and Ray J are, are siblings? Are you fucking kidding me? You gotta be kidding me, man! Seriously, seriously though. Like you have to be really, <laughs> you have to be really stupid for this shit, though, man. Like really. <laughs> oh shit! All right. So the first class hitmaker struggled to name the artist when the host played Brandy's 1998 song "Angels in Disguise." <laughs> 
Oh, man. After the co-host Peter Rosenberg gave him a hint by saying her brother is the reason why a lot of people are famous, you could you could argue. Harlow only added to his embarrassment by revealing he had no idea Brandy and Ray J are related. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Who's Ray J's sister? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you really ask this? Did you really ask who? Did you really ask who Ray J's sister is? You gotta be fucking kidding me, man. <laughs> that right there. Oh my gosh, man. Like, really though? Who is Ray J's sister? You have the nerve to ask that question. <laughs> he asked as the penny finally dropped. Brandy and Ray J are siblings. No one ever told me that in my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> oh man. Having already been ridiculed by the internet critics and comedians, Jack Hollow received a response from Brandy herself on Tuesday, May 17th, when the RB singer clapped back on Twitter and he, and he said, I will murk this dude in rap at 43 on his own beats and dancing is ass to sleep. She joked. When one Twitter user called her out for her late reply, Brandy wrote, I know I'm mad late, but it was a joke. I didn't know he rapped, so I was just poking. But I see now this was a big thing a few days ago. <laughs> but Brandy isn't the only one with a sense of humor. Later on Tuesday, Jack Harlow posted a photo of Brandy and Ray J smiling on his Instagram stories accompanied by Brandy's Bring Me Down collaboration with Kanye West from 2005's late registration. Missionary Jack. <laughs> Missionary Jack. <laughs> oh, shit. Missionary Jack cleverly cropped the song at Brandy's chorus where she sings, I always knew that one day <laughs> they tr they tried to bring me down way down. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Fellow R&B singer in the R&B didn't see the funny side of Jack Harlow's ignorance though. In a series of scathing Instagram stories last week, the Grammy winner slammed the 24-year-old rapper for not knowing Brandy's music despite making black music. Just because you make black music doesn't mean you know black culture, she wrote in disgust. If you don't know Brandy's voice, when you hear it, who even are you? When an actual musician who makes black music um, deuces one of the industry's most important voices, Brandy, to Ray J's sister who is famous mostly for her proximity to Kim Kardashians. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Damn, that's a laugh. 
All right. Um, <laughs> I want to actually get to um. Hold on a minute, man. I know I had this whole thing. Wait a minute here. <laughs> hey, man, this is so crazy to me. I don't even know if I should actually be doing. Look. Um. Anyway, so. So in other um music news, <laughs> we gotta talk about Drake. Okay, so Drake, on the other hand, basically helped J. Cole sign with Canadian basketball team. Who J. Cole's hoop dreams are alive and well. At the signing with Canadian Elite Basketball League, Scarborough shooting stars last week. Complex did some digging and connected Cole's north of the border business trip back to a birthday party hosted by Drake. Nicholas Nico Carino is a close friend of mine, Drake's, who's a co-founder of OVO. He also happens to be a part owner of the Shooting Stars. Cole and Carino met up at Drake's birthday party last year and started to talk about a potential um, opportunity and the rest is history. You know, Dreamville and OVO are family, Carino said. Drake had a birthday party in LA last year. The conversation was, I heard uh, you have your team and it organically grew from there. Um, all right. The league is set to host its season openers on Thursday. Well, on Thursday, which already passed, um, with the shooting stars paying a visit to the um, what is it? The Guelph Nighthawks. <laughs> okay, uh, the 37 year old rapper has earned the respect of his teammates in his short training camp stint prior to the season kicking off this week. Um, J. Cole, he's really putting in the work for a little team, he said. Whatever we're doing, he's doing probably even more. Comes in early, stays late, and his drive right now, he wants to become better and wants to be known as a guy that can really hoop. The Dreamville leader previously suited up for three games with a um, Awanda um, Patriots um, BBC in the Basketball Africa League last year. Either way, he appears to have the respect of his rap peers as former Hooper Dave East and Fabio Foreign gave Cole his kudos for chasing his hoop dreams. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's see. What else? What else can we talk about here? Um. Um. Yeah, where's Khalifa? All right. Um, all right, where's Khalifa? It's pretty fashionable guy and it's all right, but when it comes to his peers, the Pittsburgh um native will tip his hat to a well put together outfit. On Sunday, May 15th, Wiz Khalifa was watching the 2022 Billboard Music Awards and was stunned by one of the fits. The one that really caught his eye was Doja Cat, who wore a black um, um, sheer Pirelli dress, gold-toed boots, and earrings that looked like actual ears. Um, fans have been talking talking all about 
the outfit on social media, and the Taylor Gang leader couldn't help but compliment the star. Wow, Doja eight Wiz Khalifa tweeted, swear earrings was ears with earrings in them. Too fire. Taylor Gang got some love on the carpet as well when Ty Dolla Sign showed up with a black leather and symbol that featured a silver mesh shirt. Wiz also saluted his fellow hitmaker on Twitter. Ty ate as well, he wrote. My brother killed that shit. While Wiz was admiring her outfit, Doja Cat went and had herself a big night at the at the um the BBMAs. She was nominated the most out of any female artist in 14 categories, including top artists, top Billboard 200 album, and top R&B album. The 25-year-old took home the award for top R&B artist and top viral song for Kiss Me More featuring SZA. Meanwhile, Drake won the trophy in the top rap album category for Certified Lover Boy, as well as Top Artist, Top Rap Artist, and Top Male Artist. All right. Um, all right, let's see. All right, let's take a look at Koi Ray for a sec. One moment as I'm as I'm getting a sip of water. <clears throat> All right. Okay, this is according to Hip Hop DX. Coiler Ray was announced as YouTube's latest artist on the rise in February, ahead of her debut album, Trendsetter. The, the platform released a short film on Tuesday, May 24th, detailing the come-up of the New Jersey rapper, starting from her mother's taste in music and being inspired by her attitude towards life. All my family loves music, she said. My mom's just like me. My mom liked trap music from the day I was born, but my mom also loved Caribbean music and Jamaican music. One of the New York stations played Caribbean music on, I think, Sundays. My mom used to go in the car just to listen. What I admire is she's strong, she's confident, she don't let nobody tell her nothing. She's dominant, she's an alpha female, so that's why I'm an alpha female. I'm dominant. I'm confident. She also talked about the moment she decided to make music full time when she was 19 years old and how much a boogie with the hoodie played a role in it. Now, years into her career, Coyle Ray opened up about her experience of being a black woman in a music industry dominated by men. As a female, as a young female, a black female artist in the industry, in this industry, it's tough, she said. You know, it's a male dominant industry, and a lot of guys will make you feel like a girl. You're gonna listen to me. No, you're gonna listen to me. When I get up in the morning, I put my phone up. 
I do what I do. So you're not going to tell me who I am. But sometimes your enthusiasm and your pushiness will be mistaken as uh, she got an attitude or she's hard to handle. At the end of the day, I know what I'm capable of. Making this album, it's my number one. It's my baby. It's my debut. So to me, to be able to be here, still standing here throughout the trials and tribulations, throughout the stuff that I go through, takes a lot. A teary-eyed on Corleray and ended the film with confidence about her artistry and inspiring others to be themselves and live out their dreams. Um, she said, in quote, I'm still here and I'm, and I'm gonna have the biggest album, gonna be one of the biggest female artists. And there'll never be another person like me, she said. That's what I came in here to do. Make people understand that regardless of the pressure, who's there, whatever you go through, be who you are and continue to do it. It's not going to always be easy, but the best part is overcoming everything. Yes, I agree with that. And that's a lit, that's a lit, 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 lit advice, man. A transcendent album dropped in April with features from Polo G, Pool Shiesty, Lil Dirk, Her, Lil Tecker, Mustard, um, Nav, Fabio Foreign, and more. It peaked at number 89 on the Billboard 200. <sighs> of course, people are going to... Uh, hold on. Of course, people are going to mistake you for um, a person that's being, that's being, you know, hard to work with or, or you know perceive you as a rude person no 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 let me tell you something there's a difference between somebody being confident in the craft that they do versus the versus um people who who are just you know mean and shit so you know and i saw this yesterday on instagram and i actually um i was really trying to get a better understanding about this um hold on let me see if i could pull this up man hold on hold on let me see if i could pull this shit up um and um and i want to give a shout out to my homie um um young old school who put this he put up this um he put up this um, quote that I'm about to actually read to y'all. Hold on. So the quote says, I'm blunt. Blunt people are often mistaken as rude. No, it's just that we don't have time to babysit your feelings and possible perceptions. That takes too much time and energy. It's like lying. Well, and, and, um, Politely and respectfully, no need to have a bad attitude. 
Um, yeah. In other words, I kind of get what he's saying, though, man. Like, you know, no time for fucking monkey business from from motherfuckers who who like to tear people down and and be on some shit to say, oh, oh, I don't know what I'm doing or whatever case scenario may be. So I'm actually, you know, I actually agree with this, though, man. You know what I mean? And it's just it's just a person who is working hard on creating content on every episode on a weekly basis is what I do. And, you know, you can't take that away from me. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I just feel like sometimes, you know, we get caught up in, you know, and I said this before. Um, Hold on. Let me just put myself here. I said this before that we get caught up into looking for validation in like the wrong places. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, like, like I said before, man, like I said before, man, like you don't need to, you don't need to, you don't need to talk about to people how great you are. You, you just have to show how great you are by being consistent, especially if you are, you know, podcasting on a weekly basis or by bi- weekly basis or seasons, whatever case scenario may be. And I always say this at all the time. Like, you know, don't let nobody stop you from accomplishing your goals and dreams. Because the only person that that fucking believes in you is you. Period. And that's my take on this shit, though. All right, um, all right, so, um, all right, so let's get into another story. I don't know what happened here on my Instagram live feed, but, uh, connection, but I think we're good here. Now nah, we're good. Um, all right, so, <laughs> okay, so. I've been meaning to talk about this for a while, though, man. This has to do with, before I even go to the worst acronyms in hip-hop, before I go to before I go to that, um, we need to talk about um, some stuff here. And this is pertaining to the stuff that's going to be rebooted. Now, I said this before. How I feel about um reboots. There's there's good reboots and there's bad reboots. So so this is according to um yardbarker.com, the entertainment articles website. So so basically, here's what's going on here. These days, no pop culture stays dead for good. Movies get rebooted and remade all the time. And television is getting into that realm as well. There are several TV shows that are being resurrected or revamped in 2022. And that's that's not even including shows based on movies like Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai. Here are the shows being rebooted, revived, or in some way revitalized. Obviously, Law and Order. 
Law and Order that's on NBC began Dick Wolf's Empire, but while SVU has continued unibated, the show had, that started it all went away in 2010. Now, though, the OG Law and Order is returning. The 21st century, yeah, 21st season, excuse me, um, has its cast lined up, including Jeffrey Donovan and Hugh Dancy. And of course, um, obviously, I remember this TV show Night Court that used to be on Fox Five, right? And now all the sudden, now all the sudden, um, NBC has the the rights to Night Court, and I'm and I'm like in my head, like, why would? Hold on, let me just play this shit. Why the hell would you mess with a classic like Night Court, man? Are you fucking kidding me? Seriously? <laughs> now, I get that other people in generations don't really know about Night Court and other shows and stuff like that. And they never heard of it and shit. But how can you not know about this? It's called research. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Night Court made a lot of people laugh and won John um, Laurel Cat four Emmys. It's so it's sort of an un, underrated sitcom from the eighties and nineties. The original run ended in nineteen ninety two, but now we are getting a new version. Since Harry Anderson has passed away, Melissa Rauch. Yeah, Melissa Rauch will be starring as the daughter of his character, Judge Harry T. Stone. Fortunately, Laurel Cat is back as Dan Fielding. Hmm. Frasier. That used to be on Channel 11. Um, Frasier is a classic sitcom in all-time great. Having said that, we're skeptical about this reboot on Paramount+. Plus. The only person we knew, we know, excuse me, will be back for sure is Kelsey Grammer. We may not see much of Niles, Daphne, or Roz. We know that there will be no Martin since John um, Mahoney is no longer with us. This could fall flat like the Murphy Brown revival. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And, um, okay, um, MTV, right? Okay, so before Phil Lord and Christopher Miller were movie-making movie stars, they created a cult animated comedy for MTV. The premise that was, the premise was that clones of iconic people from history, of course, obviously, <laughs> Abe Lincoln, Joan of Arc, a robot who thinks he's Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> <laughs> oh man we're all now in high school at a, we're now out of high school <laughs> it was a parody of high school dramas that were popular at the time what will they deliver us deliver to us now oh my god Okay, Joe Millionaire, I'm not really a fan of. The first season of Joe Millionaire was a true sensation. The premise was that women were competing to woo a man who they 
were told was a millionaire but actually wasn't. Then they did a second season and nobody cares. Now, over a decade later, we're getting a reboot. At least there is a new twist. There are now two eligible men. One is a true millionaire while the other is not. Oh, gosh. Okay. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I can't. I don't know if I could imagine myself um, watching this trash, man. Like, seriously? Like, seriously, man. Really? And I hate this. <clears throat> and I hate to say this though, but ain't nobody gonna ain't nobody gonna watch no Joe Millionaire though, man. Like game over. To be honest with you folks, I wouldn't I don't know, man. There's certain shows that actually clicks to me versus the ones that don't click to me. You know what I'm saying? Not because of the skin complexity, but because of the storyline, man. <laughs> okay, Fraggle Rock. Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock ended in back ended back in 1987, but once Apple TV Plus scooped up the rights, it decided to make a few shorts. They proved popular so. So much so that they have decided to reboot the show. Back to the Rock will bring us back into the world of the frag Fraggles, presumably with plenty of songs along the way. And of course, I reviewed. I already reviewed the uh, the reboot of the Proud Family. Of course, if you were of a certain age in the early two thousands, there's a good chance you watched the Proud Family. It aired on the Disney Channel at the time focusing on a teenage girl literally named Penny Proud. Now that Disney has its own master streaming service, they are in need of new content. Thus, Disney Plus is bringing us the Proud family louder and prouder. It will probably mix a new generation with some nostalgic millennials and its audience. Obviously, I remember this show making the band in the MTV days, though. And of course, yes, it was on MTV. Well, we've been hearing about a reboot of Making the Band since 2019, but the slam Demic ha helped put it on the back burner. However, it's supposed to happen here in 2022. This is a reality show, so it's not like a ton of pre-production is necessary. The MTV show delivers what the title promises, which is the creation of a band. How does that work in the area of in the era of YouTube? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that's not happening. Party down. If you want to make the the argument that no show is truly dead, you can point to Party Down. The Star Show had a cult. Oh my oh gosh. A cult following over its two seasons, but it was a small cult. Yo, seriously, y'all gotta stop naming everything cults, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, damn. What's wrong with calling it a fucking classic, man? It's not a damn cult, man. Shit. <laughs> All right. The series finale 
was watched by fewer than 100,000 people. Of course, time goes on, people catch the show, and then over a decade later, we got a third season. Um, of course, a lot of people may know about Reading Rainbow that happened. Um, it was on PBS. Uh, reading is still fundamental. PBS reading-focused educational show aired from 1983 until 2006 with LeVar Burton um, around for the entire ride. Burton has remained focused on literacy and promoting reading for kids over the ensuing years, and now Reading Rainbow is getting back to business as well. However, we have not heard of Burton. We'll be back, though we can hope. And another MTV cartoon that's been my favorite over the years is Beavis and Butthead. This isn't the first time these two fire-loving door... No, excuse me. Two fire-loving doofuses have returned. The 90s staple got a reboot in the 2010s. Apparently, you can't keep Beavis and Butthead down because here they are. Ready for another reboot, although this time they have left MTV and traveled over to Comedy Central. Yeah. Yeah, about time, man. <laughs> about time Comedy Central took that shit, man. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Speaking of shows that you can't keep down, MST3K had to move from Comedy Central to Sci-Fi. It lay dormant for years. Suddenly, it reemerged on Netflix with a new host and new voices for the robots. We got two seasons of MST3K on Netflix, but that didn't quite gel either. So now, Joe Hodge. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hodgson, Hodgson is getting into business for himself. From here on out, MST3K is airing new episodes on what they call the Gizmoplex, which is basically their own streaming service just for the show. And yeah, that's actually that's actually a good idea, though. That's actually a good idea, though. You know what I mean? To get your own streaming platform, of course. Um, of course, yo, Gabba Gabba. I wasn't really into that shit though, man. Um, Apple TV Plus is apparently getting into the kids' television game. Um, in addition to the Fraggle Rock reboot, they are bringing back Yo Gabba Gabba as well. The show ended its original run on Nickelodeon back in 2015. Fingers crossed, DJ Lance Rock will be back. And unfortunately, there wasn't going to be a reboot of the Boondocks due to John Witherspoon that passed away. But here's what's going on here. There has been talk that the Boondocks would return for a couple of years. Then voice after John Witherspoon died. Yes, we know that. Perhaps that why does this is generally being called a reboot of this of the show as opposed to a revival. Dave. Um, already gotten two seasons, two seasons ordered to HBO Max. Since this is being branded as a reboot, we're definitely curious what that means. 
inside Amy Schumer. I don't really care for it, but anyway, um, after her brief fling with movie stardom, Schumer is back in the world of sketch comedy that helped make her name. Her show is moving from Comedy Central to Paramount Plus, which has us wondering if maybe the show is going to be even raunchier than the original run was. And of course, don't forget the lyrics, the reboot airs on Mondays at 9 p.m. on Fox 5, of course. And you and and for other people in other states outside New York, check your local listings. This music-related game show got two seasons on Fox that were hosted by Wayne Brady. Then one season aired in syndication hosted by Mark Sugar Ray is the band's name, not my name, McGrath. They churned out episodes in syndication, but now it's back to being a primetime Fox show. It also has a third host as Niecy Nash is taking over those duties. Yeah, I think Niecy Nash is going to be doing a good job with, with that hosting gig, man. So good luck to her on that. Manifest, Netflix, just aired its third season in 2021. How can it be revived? Because it was brought back from the dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the show was canceled by ABC after its third season. However, it had proven popular on Netflix. Thus, Netflix went ahead and gave Manifest 20 more episodes to finish telling its story, the power of the era of the streaming service. And unfortunately, All Rise moved from CBS to the um, a different channel called OWN. So All Rise is another manifest situation where a show was saved from death by a new network. Legal drama was canceled by CBS after two seasons, but now it has moved over to OWN. That means a smaller budget, of course, but maybe it will get a second life. No, I didn't check out Bel Air. <laughs> Yo, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, yes, that's Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's a throwback classic show. Was popular was a popular sitcom and helped turn Will Smith into being a star in the world of acting. Now it's getting a a full on reboot. Bel Air has all the same characters, but with entirely different character no excuse me different actors in the roles <laughs> jabari banks is the new star though weirdly he's playing a character named will smith <laughs> oh my gosh oh my fucking gosh man peacock has already given it two seasons sheesh Jody and another MTV. I, this is both a reboot and a spinoff. We're returning to the world of Daria, though near as we can tell, Daria herself will not be showing up. Instead, the show is focused on her former Lawndale high, high classmate, Jody. Jody is an adult now in this Comedy Central show, so don't expect it to be too much like Daria. Well, yeah, that's a kick in the butt. That's a kick in the ass right there. <laughs> that's a kick in the ass right there, man.
<laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man. Oh my goodness, man. Um all right. Um yeah, I wanted to actually go over the worst reboots, but I don't know. Let me see how much time we got here. Um <laughs> okay, we're good. Um yeah. <laughs> oh man, hold on. Um <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, um um hold on a second, man. I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on here. And um there's some more reboots to talk about here. Of course, obviously, there's Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore 2.0, MTV. Yeah, kind of Oceanside MTV reality show Jersey Shore, which introduced the world of Snooki and the situation, is getting the reboot treatment with Jersey Shore 2.0. The show will chronicle a new generation of air house roommates hitting the same fame beaches and boardwalks along the Atlantic to make new memories along summer long. Another reboot on MTV The Hills, which I don't fucking care about. Um, MTV's glorious, the dramatic series, reality series, The Hills, which starred Lauren Conrad, Whitney Port, and Heidi Montag, no, Montag, is being rebooted with a new cast by Neckwood. The new show called The Hills, The Next Gen, will feature a brand new cast that is expected to be more diverse than the original and set in Malibu. Yeah, right. Of course, Quantum Leap. Another reboot. Oh boy, is right. NBC has placed a series order for a rebooted version of Quantum Leap. Check out the long line. No, excuse me, the log line below. Um, in quote, it's been 30 years since Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap accelerator and vanished. Now a new team has been assembled to restart the project in the hopes of understanding the mysteries behind the machine. Um Behind the machine and the man who created, who who created it. Um, of course, iCarly. I've never gotten into that, but of course, obviously, it got a season two premiere in April 2022. Miranda Cosgrove, Nathan Crest, and Jerry Trainer all returned for a revival of the Nickelodeon show about some teens who become viral internet stars. All three. Stars posted a photo from the set on January 27, 2021. Um, Jeanette McCarthy chose not to return as Sam after she retired from acting. And obviously, obviously, all the other shows like um, um, Sex in the City, the Sex in the City reboot, of course, obviously, um, it got rebooted. Um, <clears throat> and just like that is what it's called. So, if you um, so it premiered this December 9th on HBO Max and renewed for a second season. Sarah Jessica Parker announced a Sex and the City revival title and just like that in early January 2021, but caused a, a bit of an uproar when fans learned that Samantha Kim Control would not be a part of 
it. Thankfully, Big Chris North will be back as well as other fan favorites. The new show will follow the women's lives in New York in, in their 50s. And HBO Max boss Casey uh, Bloys has promised more diversity both behind and in front of the camera. So far, the cast also includes returning stars Cynthia Nixon, Kristen Davis, David um, um, Eigenberg, Evan Handler, and the late um, Willie Garson, along with newcomers Sarah Ramirez, Nicole Parker, Sarita um, um, Child Hurry, and more. And of course, obviously, um, obviously, how I met your father premiered January 18th on Hulu and renewed for a second season. Hillary Duff is the new Ted Mosby on How I Met Your Father, a gender flip reboot on How I Met Your Mother. Duff plays Sophie, a woman who in the near future is telling her son all about her, about how she met his dad. The story starts in the year 2021 and follows Sophie and her close um, group of friends as they figure out who they are and how to date in the age of dating apps. Yeah, right. Like I'm really going to mess with dating apps. <laughs> of course, um, a re another revival that's in production, Party Down, which I already talked about. And I'm not even going to get it. I don't know why they call it a cult. So, I'm not even getting into that anyway. So, of course, obviously, Criminal Minds is getting a, a reboot. I don't know why, but why, though, man? You know what I mean? There's some TV shows that, that's actually that's actually good the way it is instead of, like, being rebooted. How do you think Moesha didn't get a reboot? <laughs> because it was fine the way it is. And plus... The actor who plays Hakeem is not here anymore, so it kind of made made a lot of sense not to reboot it. So there, there it is, right there. Anyway, um, yeah, Criminal Minds. Just a year after it went off the air, Paramount Plus announced that it was bringing back Criminal Minds with a, 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 at least part of the team from the original show. The revival will find the team investigating one case over the course of the season. A few other details are available so far including which cast members will return, but a rep for Paramount Plus has confirmed that the show is at least still on the table despite rumors to the contrary. Yeah, I hope not. Um, Life Goes On. Life Goes On. NBC also has a Life Goes On sequel series in the works starring Kelly Martin. The new show will revisit a grown-up Becker that Thatcher, now an, an accomplished doctor and her extended family as she returns to her hometown, according to the description. And of course, obviously, I already talked about the reboot to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And obviously, um, Will Smith is producing the Fresh Prince of Bel Air with a twist. It's a it's a now drama. It's 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 now a drama about a teen who gets sent from Philadelphia to live with rich relatives in Bel-Air, inspired by a viral trailer created by fan and filmmaker Morgan Cooper. Peacock ordered two seasons of the one-hour drama named Bel-Air. <laughs> yeah, Bel-Air. Ah, some more reboots to talk about here. Pretty Little Liars on HBO Max. 
uh, Riverdale showrunner um, Roberto um, um, Roberto Aguirre um, Sacasa is executive producing a brand new Pretty Little Liars series for HBO Max called um, P Double L Original Sin. It's set in the same universe as the Freeform show, but about a whole new group of people. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina writer Lindsay Calhoun Bring is writing the plot, and the show has been given a straight-to-series order. Bailey Madison Chandler Kenny and Mayor um, Rafiko are currently set to star. Of course, the description goes, 20 years ago, a series of tragic events almost ripped the blue-collar town of Millward apart. Now, in the present day, a group of um, um, dis- disparate teens, um, teen girls, actually, um, a brand new set of little liars find themselves tormented by an unknown assailant and made to pay for the secret sin their parents committed two decades ago, as well as their own. In the dark coming of rage, horror tinge, drama, pretty little liars, original sin, we find ourselves miles away from Rosewood, but within the existing pretty little liars universe in a brand new town with a new generation of little liars. Um, Dexter. Um, also got a re- revival as well. Um, Michael C. Hall and original showrunner um, Clyde Phillips are returning for a ninth and final season that will hopefully give everybody's favorite serial TV um, serial killer a better ending than just Dexter becoming a lumberjack. And um, CSI, oh boy, premiered Wednesday, October 6th on CBS and has been renewed for a second season. Uh, William Peterson and and Georgia Fox will return as Gil Grissom and Sarah Slide for a revival of the beloved franchise. Gil and Sarah will be joined by a whole new team as the Las Vegas Crime Lab. Um, and newcomers Matt uh, Loria, Paul Newsom, and Mel, La- Mel Rodriguez have joined the cast. CBS has given C- CSI Vegas, which is which. It is calling a sequel, a series order for the 2021 to 2022 TV season. And um, The Wonder Years, it got a second season. Um, The, the new version of The Wonder Years follows a black family in the 1960s, um, Alabama, and the cast is good. Don Cheeto plays the adult version of Dean Williams, the main character with 12-year-old Dean, played by um, Alicia E.J. Williams. Um, Dule Hill plays Dean's dad, an outspoken musician. Saquon um, Sangbla plays Dean's accountant mother. Lee Daniels and original Wonder Years star Fred Savage are producing. Yeah, it got a second re. It got a second season. Wow, let's uh clap it up for that. Fantasy Island, the reboot, also got a second season. Um, Jocelyn um, Sanchez plays um, Alina Rook, 
um, descendant of Mr. Rourke, the mysterious man who oversaw the original Fantasy Island. It's an anthology series set at a resort where guests can have their fantasies fulfilled for a price. Kiara Barnes and John Gabriel Rodriguez also star. The Flintstones, favorite classic, huh? So it's also in development. Elizabeth Bank, Banks is executive producing and starring in a new Flintstones co update called Bedrock. Not the song, folks. <laughs> in, which she, in which she would voice the grown-up Pebbles Flintstone, who's working on her own career as her dad's near retirement. Um can't wait, can't wait to check that um reboot of Bedrock. Um, as soon as I actually um hear any more news about the, the, the premiere dates and stuff like that, I'll bring it to you on the New York podcast. Ali Mabio. Ah, another another classic. TV line reports that a revival of the 90s legal dramedy, Ali Mabio is in the early stages of development with um Callista Flockhart returning as Ali. David E. Kelly created the show, but has previously said that if the series were to return, a woman would take the helm. Um, of course, obviously, Fraser already talked about that already. Um, and um, now I don't know why would you mess with the Doogie Howser classic, man. I don't know why you would do that. So. <laughs> Damn, Doogie House is getting a fucking reboot. Wow. So, okay, so premiered September 8th on Disney Plus and renewed for a second season. Doogie House MD, the show about a teenage doctor played by Neil Patrick Harris, is coming back with a bit of a twist. It will now be set in Hawaii and will center around a teenage doctor who is also a girl. The new comedy is called Doogie. Um, what the hell? I can't. Well, wait. Hold on. Called Doogie. Doogie came Aloha. Wow. MD, and stars Peyton Elizabeth Lee as the titular teen. Kathleen Rose Perkins plays her mother, a supervising doctor at the hospital where Doogie works. Okay. Now I never heard of this American gigolo here, but John um Bertho stars alongside um Gretchen Mall in Showtime's TV adaptation of the 1980s movie that starred Richard Gere and Lauren Hutton. Bertho plays Julian, a man who was just released from prison after 18 years for a murder. He struggles to find his footing in Los Angeles sex industry and tries to figure out who set him up all those years ago. The game. Yes, I heard about this actually, but I didn't get a chance to watch that. So um it premiered on November 11. Wendy Raquel Robertson and Jose Sanchez are set to reprise their roles with several other original cast members expected to make special appearances. Per Paramount Plus, the series returns with a mix of original cast and new players to offer a modern-day examination of Black culture through the prism of pro football. 
The team will tackle racism, sexism, classism, and more as they fight for fame, fortune, respect, and love, all while trying to maintain their souls as they each play the game. Okay, Ray Donovan. After being canceled with no ending in early February 2020, Ray Donovan is getting a second chance to say goodbye. The series will now end with a feature um, length movie on Showtime. And of course, I already talked about the reboot of Proud Family, and I reviewed it already. And and damn, I don't really know too much about um Punky Booster. I never watched it, so um, so yeah. So yeah, um that show got canceled after one season by um Peacock. <laughs> um <laughs> damn. Yeah, man. Soleil Moonfry is back as Punky Booster, the lovable foster kid from the 80s sitcom of the same name. Now a mom with her own foster kid and an ex-husband played by Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, I'm not too sure if I'm actually thrilled about all that right there. <laughs> but anyway, man. So all right, so now that I got that out the way, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into the worst acronyms in hip hop. Okay, <laughs> the word. Oh man. Okay. Okay. So this is according to Double XL Magazine website. So here we go. Acronyms have been part of hip hop for decades. Of course, Naughty by Nature's um and nineteen ninety one hit OPP is an early example of how hip hop acronyms can take off. Whether shortening a word, making up a new one, or finding a creative way to make an existing word stand for something entirely different. Rappers have been flexing their own lexicon since the, the genre began. The issue that arises in some cases. Sometimes the newly created words are nonsensical or the added value doesn't flow right in the sentence. Hip-hop has always been rife with creativity, but when it comes to acronyms, things can sometimes go haywire. Subjective as it may be, some of the worst hip-hop acronyms exist over the years. <laughs> so There are so many rap crews nowadays that abbreviate their names to three letters. It's become somewhat of an adventure to find out or guess what each of them mean funny enough some of the most popular groups at the time also have the most um ridiculous acronyms the acronym for the group ybm ybn formerly um consisting of um namir corday and almighty j stands for young boss niggas which is a generic as it gets the group was really a gaming crew um turned rap collective and they all collaborated for the first time and only project as a unit ybn the mixtape in 2018 the tape went gold namir and corday have both had successful songs in their careers but young boss niggas is no more yeah of course, Atlanta rapper Russ has his own um, 
course, Atlanta rapper has his own acronym, which is a label called called Diamond. Do it every day. Music or nothing is what it breaks down as. Russ kicked off the name in the early 2010s, and now it's a full-fledged independent label led by his success. But even with all that, the name is still clunky. Yeah, Russ has had the name long enough, and the money is rolling in, so it works for what it is. Of course, we're going to get into the worst um, acronyms in hip-hop to exist. So listen to this, folks. Trinidad James, don't be, don't be S-A-F-E, don't be safe. Okay, so Trinidad James is 2020, no, excuse me, 2012 mixtape, don't be, don't be safe. Stands for don't be soft as fuck every day. <laughs> Whoa, man. And then Russ, <laughs> last name Diamond is an accurate, is a back, Backronym for doing every day music or nothing. <laughs> oh shit! Absols um W R O H W R O H Absols twenty fourteen song stands for we really out here. Um, GS boys, GS boys' name means G spot boys. Okay, YBN Young Boss Niggas is what the YBN crew represents. The team once called included YBN um, Namir, YBN um, Corday, and YBN Almighty J. Yeah, that's the worst one. And Jim Jones Hustlers P O M E Hustlers product of my environment is the breakdown of Jim Jones's 2006 album Hustlers Poem. Um, Yandro's FDB, Yandro's 2013 track FDB means fuck that bitch. <laughs> YFN Lucci, the YFN and YFN Lucci's name means young fly nigga. <laughs> SOB and R. B-E, the formal rap group of SOB and RBE stands for Strictly Only Brothers and Real Boy Entertainment. Okay. Um, YNJ, Young Nigga is the meaning up for um, YNJ's rap moniker. <laughs> Will I Am's T-H-E. Will I Am's 2011 song T-H-E stands for the, hev- the Hardest Ever. <laughs> okay, Tiger stands for thank thank you God always. Oh boy. <laughs> oh man. I'm pretty much gonna cap that off with um let me see, man. There's some other stuff that I want to actually get into. Um oh yeah. Oh, yeah, the new Elvis movie that everybody's talking about. Yeah, the new Elvis movie. I forgot about that. Hang on a minute here. Um, Wait a minute here. Do I have that? Um, 
Give me a second, folks. I've been meaning to get that. Okay. I'll get into that right about now. Okay. Okay. Um, new Elvis soundtrack features hip hop artists. Let's see. Um, okay. All right. Um, so, so here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Not to, yeah, we're going to get into this shit. Anyway, man. So the new Elvis um, movie soundtrack, I'm going to get into it right now. So Elvis may be known for the blues, but the new movie um, about his life will feature some of hip hop's hottest names including doja cat eminem CeeLo green um tame impala <laughs> sway lee diplo jasmine sullivan and more the biography about the famous late artist um ap- aptly titled elvis debuted at the Cannes film festival this week um the biopic is directed by baz um um lerman course known from the great Gatsby Romeo and Juliet and and stars Austin Butler in the lead role as Elvis the movie also stars Tom Hanks and Maggie Gyllenhaal um the soundtrack which will be released on June 24th which is this Friday the same day the movie hits theaters is also already getting almost as much hype as the film itself namely for its eclectic mix of artists many of whom have integrated his music into their own original works while the soundtrack itself is still on the wraps doja cat already teased her piece at coachella last month she performed her song vegas in an interploration of elvis's 1956 hit song hound dog receiving rave reviews from the audience and critics alike a sample is available on YouTube. The other artists have not yet teased their work on the album, but it appears based on Instagram that, no, excuse me, um, the Instagram post that Eminem and CeeLo Green, what is going on here? One moment. One moment, let me... <clears throat> Yeah, um, just a sec. <clears throat> yeah, um, what was I? Yeah, what was I? Um, yeah, Eminem and CeeLo Green have a collab on the soundtrack. 
In addition to the previous mentioned hip-hop artists, other notable names on the soundtrack include Serenity's icon Stevie Nicks, Europe's um, mainskin country artist KC Musgraves, new rapper Nardo Wick, Australian dance music trio um, um, Pina, and <laughs> other emerging and other emerging artists. In addition to gracing the album of what is already likely to be one of summer's hottest films, Doja Cat has a busy summer coming up as she prepares to embark on the weekend's Dawn FM Arena Tour. Elvis Presley, often dubbed the king of rock and roll, or sometimes just the king, was born in 1935 and died on August 16th, 1977. Okay. Um, all right, so. All right. All right. Um, what we got here is, all right. So. All right. Um, let's get into the box office for a sec, man. We're gonna get into the box office. Hold on a second here. The box office Jurassic Park has been chopping the number one spot for about one or two weeks, or three weeks in a row, if you will. And this is going to be movie man cave popcorn. All right. One of the last movies of the Jurassic Park franchise is Jurassic World Dominion. So listen to this. And this is from boxofficepro.com. Of course, I'm still flying like a pterodactyl. Last frame, Universal sci-fi thrill sequel Jurassic World Dominion earned the number 2029 opening weekend of all time. Between 2017's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume, volume 2, um, $146.5 million, and 2009's Twilight New Moon, $142.8 million. It also debuted behind of those of its predecessors, negative um, 30% behind 2015's Jurassic World, $208.8 million, and behind and Negative two percent behind 2018's Jurassic World Dominion, um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom 148.0 million dollars. So, this weekend, on the weakness of its mixed to weak reception, the title fell a fairly steep negative 59 percent to 58.6 million dollars. That's a sharper drop than Jurassic World negative. 49% and equal to the sharp drop of Fallen Kingdom, also negative 59%. It also, um, the number nine, no, excuse me, the 30 number 39 sophomore frame of all time be, between Toy Story 3, um, 59.3 million dollars and Wonder Woman, 58.5 million dollars. Um, Yeah, um, 
Yet, due to a box office stumble by a major competitor, it repeats the first place contrary to virtually all pre-release projections, which forecast it falling to second. The film has now earned $259.1 million domestic and $373.3 million over... Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. Um, yes, three hundred seventy-three point three million dollars overseas and six hundred twenty-two point one million dollars globally. The title remains atop China's box office for a second frame with twenty-four point zero million dollars, earning ninety-two point eight million dollars there so far. Um, that's tracking considerably um, below the first two installments, which earned $230 million and $265 million in China, respectively. Other top markets totals for Dominion include Mexico, $36.1 million, UK, $26.2 million, South Korea, $22.8 million, Australia, $15.3 million, France, $14.6 million, G- Germany, $12.6 million, and Brazil, $11.8 million. Um, sold to Infinity and Below, Disney's animated spinoff um, Lightyear fell considerably short of expectations, so overall, Jurassic Park, the Jurassic World Dominion is still number one in the box office. So, so it's still maintaining the number one spot. So unfortunately for Buzz Lightyear fans, the the Disney animated spin of Lightyear fell considerably short of expectations with a projected fifty one point zero million opening million dollar opening. Um. Far short of the seventy-five um million to one hundred five million dollar range expected, um. So yeah, it's number two. From what I heard, it's number two in the box office so far. So that's that's pretty good. Compared to other major Pixar sequels of recent years, um, includes negative fifty-three percent behind twenty tens on Toy Story three. $110.3 million, negative 57 behind 2019's Toy Story 4, $120.9 million, and negative 72 behind 2018's The Incredibles 2, um, $182.6 million. It also open it also opens lower than almost every Pixar film, not just of the 2010s, but also of the 1990s and the 2000s and that's with the handicap <laughs> oh man the handicap that, that movie ticket prices were considerably um lowered back then for example it debuted um so it debuts negative 11 percent below 1999's um toy story 2 which is 57.3 million dollars negative 18 below 2001's Monsters Inc., um, $62.5 million, negative 27% below 2003's Finding Nemo, $70.2 million, negative 27% below 2004's The Incredibles, $70.4 million. Then you have 
um, negative 15 percent below 2006 um, cars, which is 60.1 million dollars, negative 19 percent below 2008's Wally, 63 63.0 million dollars, then negative 25 percent below 2009's up 68.1 million dollars. And um, let me just, I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah, what up, Sean, from Sense to Be Cynical Podcast. Thank you for joining. Um, about to be, I'm about to be almost done with this um episode, so just bear with me. Uh, you're more than welcome to actually comment below during the live stream right there where is the comment, the comments right here, the comments. Um, section right there anyway um at least it's not the lowest pixar opening of all time beating several other titles including 2007's ratatouille <laughs> 2015's the good dinosaur 2017's coco and 2020's onward however um relative to pre-release projections it's Almost unquestionably, the most disappointing Pixar opening weekend to date. Compared to some other recent major animated action films, it also stars, no, excuse me, starts negative 29% below April's um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which is $72.1 million, negative 9% below 2014's um, Big Hero 6, $56.2 million, negative 26% below 2014's um, the Lego Movie, $69.0 million, and negative 9% um, below 2018's Ralph Breaks the Internet, $56.2 million. And you're probably asking, you're probably asking the question, and that question is, what went wrong here? For one thing, the three prior Pixar feature films were all released exclusively to Disney+. 2020's Soul, 2021's Luca, and March's Turning Red. Um, As a result, audiences have become somewhat conditioned to think of Pixar releases as free, or at least with no additional cost beyond their $8 month subscription. Um, several additional elements made, made it unlike the four box office smash Toy Story films that audiences had come to know and love. The tone was more action-based rather than comedic. There was a sole protagonist instead of an assembled cast, and Chris Evans replaced Tim Allen as the titular character vo- character's voice. Lastly, you can't ignore the reception of as of this writing. Lightyear currently holds a 5.2 average user rating on IMDb, a full point below Pixar's next lowest rated film, Cars 2, 6.2. Out of Lightyear stats, the audience for Lightyear was 52% male. That's lower than for Sonic the Hedgehog 2, 57%, but higher than for Toy Story 4, 48%. Incredibles 2, also 48%. And Ralph Breaks the Internet, 49%. 
The nostalgia factor was also clearly at play for older crowds, with the audience only 46% younger than 25. Again, comparing to those um, aforementioned films, that's notably lower than the, for Sonic the Hedgehog 2, 67%. Toy Story 4, 55%. Um, Incredibles 2, 56%. Or Ralph breaks the internet, fifty-seven <laughs> percent. You, know, why does it remind me of the person who plays Ralph? Reminds me, reminds me of the of the of the, of the character that plays uh, Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding with that shit, though, man. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Overseas, Lightyear debuted with $34.6 million in 43 markets for um, an, an $85.6 million global weekend. Top markets included Mexico, $8.1 million, and the UK, $4.0 million. Put another way, the film's global take was lower than what some had projected for its domestic debut alone. The film was banned in at least 14 countries because of a brief same-sex kiss and has not yet been dated for China. Leading to speculation, it may not see a release in that nation either. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, okay, so cruising altitude. Obviously, a couple weeks ago, Top Gun Maverick was number one in the box office, but um it's now in third place. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, so last month, Paramount's action adventure sequel Top Gun Maverick debuted with only the number 39 um opening weekend of all time. Um now down one spot to number 40 thanks to Dominion. Then due to superb word of mouth, the, the film declined only negative 29% in its sophomore frame. The, the mildest such drop among any film to ever debut at um, $100 million plus. Accordingly, it ascended to the number eight second weekend of all time. Then in his third frame, it remained in that top 10 tier, declining only 42%, despite the huge opening of Jurassic World Dominion to capture the number 10 third weekend of all time. This weekend, it experiences its mildest drop yet at only negative 15% to $44.0 million. That marks the number three fourth weekend of all time behind only American Sniper, which Corey Hardrick was in there too. Um, $89.2 million and Avatar $50.3 million and just ahead of Star Wars The Force Awakens $42.3 million. And um, what is it? And Sniper's top ranking comes with an asterisk as the film's fourth frame marked its na nationwide expansion at this spending first its first three frames in limited release. 
Maverick totals. Domestically, Maverick is the highest grossing film of 2022 so far, outperforming the year's second biggest such title, Disney's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Despite Maverick posting an opening weekend negative 32% behind Multiverse, it overtook Multiverse on their respective 10th days of release. With $466.1 million total, it's now running um, plus 15% ahead. Ditto for the Batman, currently the third high, the third, excuse me, the third biggest movie of, of the year. Maverick opened negative 5% behind it, but it, but overtook it on their respective fourth days of release. Maverick has earned $466.1 million domestic, $419.0 million overseas, and 88 885.1 million dollars globally. And um that's the second biggest global total of 2022 so far. It also means 52% of its global earnings have come domestically a rare feat in this day and age for a film at this level, helped in no small part because the film has not been um released in China. Top markets include the UK $71.5 million, Japan $42.8 million, Australia $40.1 million, France $34.5 million, Germany $20.9 million, Brazil $16.3 million, Taiwan $13.7 million, Mexico $11.5 million, Saudi Arabia, $11.2 million, and Italy, $10.3 million. Okay. Um, the doctor will see you now. Of course, obviously, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse um was actually it came out weeks ago. So it's number four in the box office. So Disney and Marvel Studios, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. Multiverse of Madness declined only negative 19% to $4.2 million in fourth place. Multiverse has now earned $405.0 million domestically, $537.4 million overseas, and $942.5 million globally. That's the top global gross of 2022 to date and second biggest hollywood release of the slamdemic era behind only 2021 spider-man no way home top markets to date include the uk 51.8 million dollars south korea 49.3 million dollars mexico 41.0 million dollars brazil 33.5 million dollars france 28.3 million dollars Australia, 20, $26.7 million. Germany, $23.9 million. Indonesia, $21.0 million. India, $20.4 million. And Japan, $16.6 million. Oh, boy. All together now. Um, Hold on a second. Yeah. I forgot. 
Um, all together now. Um, a twenty-four sci-fi comedy, everything, everywhere, all at once declined twenty-seven negative twenty-seven point. Excuse me, negative twenty-seven percent to nine hundred fifty-nine k in seventh place. It's now earned 64.9 million dollars, padding its lead as the top film in the history in the indie distributor um A24 ahead of 2019's Uncut Gems 50.0 million dollars, 2017 um Lady Bird 48.9 million dollars, and 2018's Hereditary 44.0 million dollars. Um okay. This also um, marks its 12th weekend in the box office top 10, despite um, never ranking above number four on any given frame. Um, of course, you got weekend comparisons. Total box office this weekend came in around $162.8 million, which is um, negative 24% below last weekend's total, $214.8 million when Jurassic World Dominion led with $145.0 million. $2.8 above the equivalent weekend in 2021, $57.3 million when A Quiet Place 2 led with a second non-consecutive frame with $12.0 million. Um, of course, plus 19% above the equivalent, um, weekend in the last pre-slandemic year, 2019, $135.9 million, when Men in Black International led with $30.0 million. Year-to-date box office stands around $3.39 billion. That's... Um, 3.3, no, excuse me, 3.83 times this, sa- this same point in the slandemic recovery year of 2021, eight, $866 um, million, um, 30, negative 35.3% behind this, this same point in 2019, the last pre-slandemic year, 5.1, excuse me, billion dollars. Um, that's the best um year to date mark 2022 has notched relative to 2019 to date. Top distributors, Paramount still leads by a considerable margin. If Lightyear had be had come in on the high end of expectations, it could have vaulted Disney as high as second place just ahead of Universal. Instead, Disney remains in fifth place um, among the so-called Big Five distributors. Course number one, obviously, is Paramount, $903.7 million. Universal, um, $508.4 million. Sony Pictures, $486.0 million. Warner Brothers, $476.2 million. And Disney, um. $462.7 million. Of course, obviously, I just said that that um, Jurassic World Dominion is already still 
chopping its teeth at number one. So it's already number one with two hundred forty-nine million seven hundred ninety-six and six hundred ninety million dollars for the second weekend. All right, and then and then light years in second place of fifty-one million dollars. Top Gun Maverick still holding on strong on third place, forty-four with um with um four hundred sixty-six million one hundred sixty-seven thousand five hundred forty-five um dollars. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness um is number four with four hundred five million dollars million eighty-three thousand six hundred sixty um dollars. Um, the Bob's Burgers movie. Um, yes, fifth place, which is uh twenty nine million seven hundred sixty two thousand and and thirty dollars. Um, the bad guys. Um, ninety four million two hundred thirty nine thousand and five. Um, dollars. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once, made made sixty four million nine hundred twenty thousand one hundred eighty six um dollars. Um, uh, Downtown Abbey. Um, a new era. Um, forty two million dollars. $196,350. So there you go right there. I'm not going to go over the rest of the stuff. So um, obviously, I'm not going to go over the rest of the this, this stuff. So there you go right there. Um, Yeah. Now, um, if you are in the New York area and you're looking for something fun to do, I got you with the fun places so starting with a free queens live concert um which takes place in corona which excuse me it takes place in flushing meadows corona park june 25th right so here it is um and this is according to qns.com Queensboro President Donovan Richards announced Wednesday that the Queens live concert series will be returning Saturday, June. This Saturday, June 25th at Flushing Meadows Corona Park. Um, hang on a second. Yes, Corona Park, headlined by Action Bronson. The concert will be the concert will be hosted by Video Music Box founder Ralph McDaniels, a.k.a. Uncle Ralph. Saturday's Queens Live concert will be held at Flushing Meadows Corona Park's New York uh, Pavilion from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Those interested in attending Queens Live are encouraged to arrive by 3.30 p.m. Queens Live. It's free and open to the public and will also um be live streamed on summerstageanywhere.org. The event comes courtesy of QBP Riches and Capital One City Parks Foundation Summer Stage. Queens Live isn't just 
back for a second year. But it's coming back bigger and better, which is sad. I couldn't be more excited to partner with the Capital One City Parks Foundation Summer Stage team to bring Queen's own Action Bronson to his home borough in what should be a fantastic free afternoon of music. We're going to start our summer off right, and I look forward to seeing all of you in Flushing Meadows Corona Park on June 25th. In addition to acting as the founder and curator of Video Music Box, um, McDaniels has a lot of experience as a director and producer for some of the biggest hip-hop artists over the last 30 years. He has directed or produced over 400 music videos, including Cream by Wu-Tang Clan, It Ain't Hard to Tell by Nas, and Roxanne Roxanne by Roxanne Shante. He also acted as a co-producer for the films Juice and Roxanne Roxanne, as well as several documentaries. Queen's native Aryan um, Arsalani, Arsalani um, better known as Action Bronson, has released six studio albums. His latest, um, Coco Drillo Turbo, released last month, April has received widespread critical acclaim. In addition to making music, Action Bronson is a former chef. He has applied his knowledge of cuisine to his popular food and travel documentary television and web series since 2016. Promotion for the Queen's live concert is funded in part thanks to a grant from the NYC and Company Foundation. This is just one of almost 90 free shows hosted um, across New York City by Capital One City Parks Foundation Summer Stage. In addition to Action Bronson, other artists scheduled to perform at the upcoming concert includes Static um, Selecta and Karen Y. Los Remedios. Um, um, QBP, which has held a series in Queens Live concerts in 2021, as well as August um, 23rd, September 12th, and September 19th. Some of the some of last year's performers included DJ Jow ja, ja Wise, DJ Vaughn, All-Star, Monty Redeemer, and Johnny Osborne at the first show, uh, one, 123 um, Andres at the second show and Cutmaster Cool V at the third show, which also paid tribute to the late legendary New York rapper Biz Marquis. Capital One City Parks Foundation Summer Stage has been providing New Yorkers from across all five boroughs with free concerts for almost 40 years. The performers, um, the performances, excuse me ranging from jazz, hip-hop, Latin, global, indie, and contemporary dance are meant to, excuse me, um, meant to represent the cultural fabric of the city. More than 6 million people have attended these performances over the years. Summer Stage Anywhere was launched in 2020 as a way to continue entertaining its audience, with everyone forced to stay isolated at home due to the COVID-19 slandemic. Summer Stage Anywhere provided free digital performances spanning all genres of music to viewers all around the world. All right. Now, um, I'm going to repeat the website, though, man. Um, you, could, you could 
um you can check out um the website right here where it's going to be live streamed is it's summerstageanywhere.org all right that's www.summerstageanywhere.org you can check that out you can check that out as well so here 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 you go um okay now we go to um now we go to the uh some stuff to do for now for june 24th to the 26th seven things to do in nyc for everybody in new york that's looking for something fun to do starting with friday june 24th pride show at the side show of course happy pride month to the lgbtq community um, Coney Island is celebrating Pride Month the best way it knows how with a truly one-of-a-kind show. Host Zenon TV and Nancy No Good. <laughs> Why No Good? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, No Good. That's crazy, man. Um, Hold on a minute here. Now, we want to uh, bring in... Hold on a minute here. Hold on a second here. Hold on a second here. Hold on. Yes, Nancy No Good are bringing the neighborhood the best drag that the city has to offer for this special celebration of Pride Month. Must be 18 to enter and 21 to drink. Tickets are $20 and available on CornyIsland.com. Doors open at 8 p.m. Seashore Theater, and the address location is 1208 Surf Avenue in Brooklyn. And, of course, screening of Funny Lady. For, for a real blast from the past, the Museum of the moving image is hosting a screening of the Barbara Streisand film Funny Lady. Watch the Streisand navigates the disappointment and the compromises of adulthood in the sequel to the hit film Funny Girl. Tickets are $15, $15 for seniors and students, $9 for youth um, ages 3 to 17, discounted for mommy members, or $7 to $11. Um, it starts at 3 p.m. And and if you want to go there, I suggest you try to get there very early, before 3 o'clock. Um, so the location is 3601 35th Avenue in Astoria, Queens, New York. Saturday, June 25th, Weekend Birding Tours. Looking to learn more about some local birds? The team at Brooklyn Botanic Gardens will show you how to spot hawks, robins, mullards, and more in this all-ages birding outing. Free with garden admission. No, reg no registration necessary. It starts from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Located at 990 Washington Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. The Bronx Zoo, Dinosaur Safari, 
The beloved dinosaur safari is still happening at the Bronx Zoo. The immersive experience is a one-fourth mile long walkthrough exhibit covering more than two acres of forest. It features 52 life-size um, anim animatronic dinosaurs and 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 p pterosaurs. Um, kids can dig up ancient fossils, compare them to moving dinosaurs, and hear them and hear from dino guides about the important lessons fossils can tell us. The dinosaur safari is included in the Bronx Zoo emissions. Of course, the Bronx Zoo is located at um, 2300 Southern Boulevard, Bronx, New York, 10460. Of course, movies under the stars. How romantic. Rare and the Last Dragon. Ready for a feel-good night with friends and family? Head over to the park for a screening of the Oscar-nominated animated film Rhea and the Last Dragon. This is the perfect time to enjoy a night out with the family. This event is free to the public. The movie starts at 8.30 p.m., but be sure to get there early so you can find a good spot. Um, of course, it's located at St. Vartan Park, East 35th Street between 1st and 2nd Avenues, Murray Hill. And finally, Sunday, June 26th, 95th anniversary of Cyclone Roller Coaster. This Sunday, Luna Park is hosting the 95th anniversary of Coney Island's most iconic roller coaster, the Cyclone. Guests can enjoy a day of thrills, live music, treats, and more. And the first 95 guests in line will ride the Cyclone for free. And prices are between $38 to $62 per wristband, depending on height. Or three dollars per ride uh, varies and are available on Luna Park's website. Of course, it starts at 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Located at um located at 1000 Surf Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. And of course, lastly, Sunday Sunday School Comedy. Get ready to laugh. You looking for some laughs? Get ready to laugh. Sunday School Comedy takes place, takes the best stand-up comedians in New York City, and they perform at a new, a hot new lineup every week as chosen by Ashley Gavin, best known for her hit podcast, We're Having Gay Sex. Um, tickets start at $10 online, or you can buy them at the door for $18. It starts at 7.45 p.m. Sour Mouse, located at 110 Delancey Street, Manhattan, New York. Um, now, these locations, these locations that I just mentioned, um, hang on a second, man. These locations that I just mentioned just now, I suggest you try to get to those places very early before the start date, the, before the start time. Um, and also, you want to make sure you um, look up the directions on how to get there if you're driving or if you're taking a subway or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you 
are able to have your GPS ready on your phone so you can triangulate your locations on where you're trying to go for the fun activities that I just mentioned, all right? And um, listen, I'm going to cut to the chase with... um. I'm going to cut to the chase with this last, 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 last segment right here, man. Stream choices on the go, man. All right. So we're going to start off with that one right now. Of course, that's going to do it for this show right here. Make sure you follow Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast at face on Facebook. Instagram alongside with my other shows, which is um off the which is um excuse me, um excellent fun vibrant podcast, um meticulous vibe juice podcast um which is the review show and excellent fun vibrant podcast is the sports um edition show that I do, um and of course you can follow me on the primary handle which is G Money Stacks five fifty five in Queens New York. So there you go right there, man. And, of course, make sure you turn on your notifications and stuff so you don't miss a beat on when I'm going to be on Instagram Live and stuff like that, doing the recordings. And, of course, um, and of course, if you like to make a charitable donation to show some love, um, you can do that. Doesn't matter what the amount is, man. Um doesn't matter um, if you have a lot of money or not. Um, it's all about doing the best you can on on whatever amount you are comfortable donating. So that's that. You don't have to stress yourself out on that one right there, man. And um, here we go, man. We're going to go to where you can actually listen to the podcast episode. So um, I am going to actually get to um, where you can listen. Now... Now, of course, you you can leave a, a voice message on anchor.fm slash gmoneystacks right there. Um, that's the page where you can see the, the audio episodes that's already been posted and uploaded on there, which is Anchor. You leave a voice message if you have any questions for me, any any topics, you, topic ideas you want me to talk about or whatever, but but keep in mind, I'm not doing too much politics here, man. I'm not doing too much politics here, man. So that's just that's just um how I'm actually um gonna do this. And um and yeah, anchor is the start where you can listen to the episodes, of course. And of course, you can listen to the episodes on Audacity, Audible. Audio Burst, Amazon Music, Breaker, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podopolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podverse, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Podchaser, um, Podfriend, and you have um, Spotify as well. Five-star rating will be appreciated. So, you know, you know what I mean? So, um, and also you can listen to um, Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast on Radio Public. 
Um, you have iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcast. So you can you can also find my other shows that's also on iHeartRadio as well, which is um excellent, fun, vibrant podcast, the sports edition show, and of course, um, meticulous vibe juice podcast review show. So there you go, right there. Um, yes, there you go, right there. Um, I actually um. And last, and actually, I want to mention, I want to mention, um, if you, if you make, if you missed any episodes whatsoever, please feel free to do some catching up as new episodes come around on a weekly basis. And lastly, but not least, YouTube. Grab, make sure you grab that subscribe button and tap that noni noni bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes, the topics that's being discussed, uh, what you thought about it, and of course, um, stay tuned for more video content, upcoming episodes, um, the latest previous episodes that's on the YouTube channel page with all the episodes is already uploaded and posted, and of course. Be sure to stream, listen, download these episodes, share these episodes, share the videos, share the episodes. Of course, tell a friend to another friend, and of course, share the podcast along with your wives, your your your, your husbands, your boyfriends, your girlfriends and your friends and the people that you're cool with from work and stuff so there you go right there um <clears throat> so yeah man and remember the grind does not stop all right um hard work pays off um rome wasn't built in a day <laughs> which i agree and um and of course, don't let anybody stop you from accomplishing your goals and dreams. Um, because at the end of the day, you're trying to do something that makes you happy. That makes you happy. It's not always about the money. Um, money comes and goes, you know what I'm saying? So as long as you're happy, that's what really matters, though, man. That's what really matters. So there you go, right there. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for me. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you very much for tuning in and rocking with me on this 157th episode. Um, on this 157th episode titled, titled, um, Express Yourself. <laughs> yes, we all need to express ourselves sometimes, man. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. See y'all in the next episode. I hope y'all enjoyed your Father's Day weekend. And I know this is the first week of summertime. And I know 4th of July is around the corner and all the other stuff. So, you know, get your summer plans ready. And, you know, and have some fun, all right? And be careful and be safe out there, man. You know what I'm saying? With all these ridiculous slashings and stabbings and stuff like that, though. So, so just be careful out there. Um, you know, create your own path away from trouble. You know what I'm saying? 
and and you you know the rest, man. And you know something. As far as having a support system, of course, sometimes it's important to have a support system. But in certain situations, you do you do have to actually, you know, rely on yourself to do that. Um, you know what I'm saying? And um, and yeah, man, I'm out of here. G Money Stacks clocking out. Peace and one love. And of course. Have yourselves a good night, and I hope you enjoy these places that I just mentioned. Fun things to do for this weekend. Hope you enjoy. I'm out of here. Good night, folks. Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast, O-F-F-T-H-E-M-E-A-T-R-A-C-K-C-H-A-I-N-Z. N-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, GMoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, GMoneyStacks555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, Previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics. Share the videos. Download your favorite episodes. Rate. Spread the word to a friend to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio streaming choices to your friends. The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Attic, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love. <laughs>